0: What's going on, guys? This is the Passive Wealth Strategies Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Today, our guest is Jason Perro. Jason has been on the show before. He is a very successful real estate investor who had a career in medical device sales and his wife was in medical sales as well. They started investing in real estate two decades ago and have gradually built up an enormous portfolio that he's going to tell us about. Um, on the show. Today we're talking about the two aspects, the two meanings of self-management in real estate investing. If you think about it, you might be able to guess one, you might not guess the other one. So the two aspects of self-management, think about that for a second and you're going to learn the two aspects of self-management in real estate investing on this episode. For those of you who are new to the show, I'm your host, Taylor Lote. I'm a real estate investor, real estate syndicator. I buy real estate with passive investors and split the return. Love talking about real estate investing and strategies that we can use as busy professionals to grow our cash flow passively. Thank you for tuning in without any further delay. Here we go with Jason Perro. Jason, thank you for coming back on the show.
1: Thanks for having me, Taylor. I really love what you're doing, and and I appreciate uh, being for you asking me to come back.
0: It's my great pleasure to be to be talking with you this evening. Great time. This is how I want to spend my time. For those out there who have not caught your previous appearance on the show, it's a great one. You should go check it out. Check the show notes. But for those who have not yet, can you tell us about uh, your business? Yep. So
1: um, born and raised in Erie, Pennsylvania. Um, Went, you know, went to college, got a degree, just did the normal thing and, and um, started investing in real estate in 2001. So I was a few years out of college, um, bought, bought our first duplex, uh, my wife and I, a week before 9-11. Um, we both worked in medical sales. So she was a pharmaceutical sales rep. I was a medical device sales rep. Fast forward to 2012, you know, we, we kept buying property. We were both able to leave our day jobs. So she left in 2010. Myself, I left in 2012, and, uh, and since then you know, we've, uh, we've grown the portfolio to roughly 600 units that we own together, just my wife and I, and then another 300 units that we've syndicated with another about 130 under contract right now that we're set to close uh, mid-May.
0: That's awesome. That is a, a lot of units to own on your own. You know, there are a lot of syndicators out there who say, you know, I own 600 units, for example, but really in reality... <laughs> they're, they own a portion of that. They're investor based or their company. Maybe they manage, uh, owns that, but you're, you know, bonafide on them yourself. So that's fantastic. And today we wanted to talk about the two meanings of self-management in real estate. Super interesting. So, you know, you self-manage your properties. That's the first Mm -hmm. meaning. Let's talk about that.
1: Yeah. So, um, we self-manage and I guess by default, when we started buying properties, I didn't know any, any other way, Um, you know, we were buying duplexes, triplexes, you know, and occasionally we get a 20 or 30 unit property in the mix and you know, we would uh, so, so I just did modeled the way that I saw others doing it. So, you know, we were initially, you know, cutting our own grass, leasing our own apartments and, and, you know, we had no employees. Uh, By 2005, you know, we had, we had grown a portfolio, had a deal that brought over an employee, so real. I quickly realized that you know you can go further with with others, and so we started our own property management business just to manage our own our own property. So, kind of have grown that organically, you know, over the last close to 20 years. Um, so, you know, our our infrastructure now is is a lot different than it was 15 years ago. Um, you know, we have site managers, we have portions of the portfolio managers. Then I have a um, property manager that i've groomed into being an asset manager so we sort of do everything vertically i mean we have in-house accounting office management you know property management you know asset management which you know helps manage the assets and and the the various site managers and things like that um but whole maintenance crew so really try to do as much as we can in-house um you know not only to maintain control but control our costs as well and really keep the finger on the pulse of of what's happening in the business because i i um one of the things I, I it was an opinion of mine early on, um, it's not always true because I know some people that go to third-party management that, that love it and they have great success with it. But one of my mentors in the business early on just imprinted in my brain that no one will ever manage the property as, as well as the owner. And, and I, I, I mean, the truth in that is that maybe nobody will ever care about them as much as the owner. So for, for my wife and I, you know, we like to have that control Um, and and so, you know, fast forward to now when we're in the middle of this, you know, COVID-19 pandemic. Um, you know, I have told my bankers, you know, they've said, Hey, you know, what happens if things go sideways? I said, well, you know, then, then we'll rent our own apartments and we'll, I'll go out and mow the lawn myself. Not that I want to do that, but you know, I will go and mow the lawn myself at all of my properties before I ask my bank for forbearance. (laughs) So, so that's, that's the difference of, of, self-management and you know and managing your own properties and and um and i think in a time like this it's very reassuring to myself that you know early on as as all the lockdowns started occurring and, and all everything was getting shut down uh, across the country and, and you know locally here you know i bit on the horn every day with my with my property managers and just making sure that we have the utmost control over our portfolio and that we know what's going on with every tenant And if we don't know what's going on with that tenant, then, you know, that that's another conversation. But, um, you know, that, that just helps me sleep better at night, having that control.
0: Yeah. So the thing that really strikes me about this is, you know, this is a, it's a big task to manage that many units and also have your, you know, your acquisitions and syndication and all that other business uh, going on as well. And, you know, how do you look at that as a, You went from being a sales guy to being a pretty substantial business owner uh, and, you know, making that shift and, and properly managing your, your business and everything like that, you know, let's talk about that and, and, you know, some of the tough lessons that you've learned becoming a business owner.
1: Yeah. So, you know, when we were starting to grow the business, you know, I, um, uh, one of the benefits of having a day job, you know, and we worked for various startup companies in the medical device world, you know, I, I got turned on to, you know, the world of personal development. So I worked for a company called Intuitive Surgical. They, they manufacture the Da Vinci robot. Um, that, that's a surgical robot that surgeons use and, and um, helps them do, do like minimally invasive complex procedures. And, and you know, 15 years ago, um, you know, I, I was lucky enough to get a job there. And, and I had, you know, the manager that they talked about personal development. I'm like, what the hell is this? Like I, I knew I read books and I read you know, rich dad, poor dad. And I, I was reading, you know, all these other personal finance books, but you know, I, I kind of was like a, you know, kind of like a deer in headlights uh, w- w- with a couple conversations with, with a uh, guy that I worked for. And, you know, but he started, you know, they, the, the culture there at the time was very much like, you know, everybody's reading this book. Everybody's kind of, spitting out the certain mon, you know, certain mantras at, at given times. And, and I asked this guy, so well, where where do I start? And he said, you really need to start journaling and you need to um, listen to Jim Rohn. And, and again, I knew nobody, I may have, may have heard of Tony Robbins, but at the time I'm, you know, and everybody in the company they're they're walking around with their fancy journals and it seemed like the cool thing to do, but really, really, you know, that changed my life. Um, you know, learning about goal setting. And, you know, I went out and bought you know, the, the, all these Jim Rohn CDs and, and I'm, you know, cause I'm on the road half the time driving, you know, um, throughout, throughout my territory at sales. So I just started realizing that, you know, there's just certain things that resonated with me and, and, you know, some of it was goal setting and having a clear path, you know, that you want to achieve. You know, one of the things that I, I sticks with me, you know, over all the years is, you know, one of the things that Jim Rohn would always say was, uh, you, you know, work harder than you're you know, on yourself and you do it your job. And, and so I, I started working on myself and, and, you know, just trying to, you know, enhance my skills, you know, improve my mindset, work on my mindset, um, you know, just, just everything and, and, and trying to work on myself. But it took, I mean, that sounds great, but it took a long time. I mean, I would say just up until maybe a good couple of years ago that, you know, I still like, I mean, one of these things you hear all the time in business is that, you know, find somebody who's better than you at a certain task and and hire it out, delegate it out. And, and I still wanted to maintain like so much control in certain areas of my business. And and there's still certain things that I'm very, have a lot of pride about that. I I think I do very well, but you know, at a thousand units, I mean, you know, can I go out and like source all my leads for, you know, and lease all my apartments? It just doesn't, it doesn't make sense. And so um, finally it took some time, you know, to, to really get, build that confidence and, and you know, be able to take on the role as a leader, you know, for, for a business, you know, and that's um, and it just, it just happened by through trial and tribulation, you know, making mistakes and saying, well, I did it this way. It doesn't work. You know, I, let's try it this way. Or what did my one mentor say to me 15 years ago? He probably was right. And just trying to you know, take those lessons and, and apply those to the business. So where that, you know, I'm spending most of my time working on myself, you know, be it mentally or physically, you know, working on my goals for my business and then being able to have the people that are in place in my business execute on those goals and having their goals and their vision for where they want to go through their career aligned with you know, what we're doing as a company. And so, so it, it, I don't really have a good exact science on that. I, I've tried hard to, to operate at a, at a higher, continue operating at a higher level to attract good people and then trying to build a nice culture that we can retain that talent as well. Or, you know, if their goals are to go off and become an entrepreneur to foster that, um, you know, we had a guy that wanted to do that and we helped him um, get to where he wanted to go, you know, and, and, um, but I think, you know, constantly, like even now, you know, during, during this, uh, uh, like this crisis, you know, if you have a team of people working for you, um, you know, (laughs) you don't want to panic and uh, create panic amongst your your client base or your, um, or your employees. You know, it's okay to be afraid. I mean, I listened to Governor Cuomo. I mean, by the time this uh, comes out on your podcast, it'll be a little dated. But yesterday, he was interviewed on the Howard Stern show, and everybody right now in the country huh. is is looking at Cuomo as you know he's he's a steady hand. He's a good leader. You know, they really think he's got this under control. And 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 he said, "Look, I'm afraid. You know, I'm afraid. That's okay. I'm afraid." You know, he said he's afraid for his mother, afraid for his brother. You know, because his brother Chris, you know, is got diagnosed with COVID nineteen. Wow. And so I think, you know like you have to lead with a steady hand and by no means am I saying I'm a great leader or, you know, but you try to, if you're paying signing people's paychecks and and they're looking to you as their leader um, you know, you have tenants that uh, could be worried, you know, their own, their own livelihoods, you know, so you have to just lead with compassion and caring and, and um, it's okay to admit we're, you know, we're all in this together. We might be afraid. We don't know this, you know, does it end tomorrow? Does it end a year from now? You know, and, what's the disrupt, how does this all affect us? But, but just taking everything a day at a time and really just controlling what you can control. Um, so, you know, I, I'm using, you know, the quarantine time to, you know, work on myself, you know, kind of reflect plan um, really take some extra time with, you know, with our people, you know, be it uh, tenants that may need me to talk to them. I mean, a lot of times anymore, I don't get involved in that day to day with the tenants, but there's still a lot of tenants I have relationships with that, um that, you know, we want to make sure they're okay, you know, and, and they got to know that we care, you know, beyond collecting their rent. And, and you know, they know their rents do, you know, we don't have to beat them over the head with it. You know, I think if we lead with compassion and caring, that will, uh, I think oftentimes have yield a better result than to just, you know, rule them with an iron fist. And, um, you know, so I, I'm grateful that I've been able to like, you know, I think five years ago, if this crisis happened, I probably would have been in a different state of panic, but I'm not really losing sleep over, you know the business being disrupted, or um, you know anything like that. It's it's more all this other ancillary stuff that goes on that that you worry about. You know, um, so so yeah. I mean that's a very long answer to what you asked, and I apologize for kind of ranting rambling no. a little bit. But, you know,
0: I I love it. I mean, it, it you really it gets into that second aspect of self management, the second meaning of yeah. self management that I, I wanted to get to here is you became a, a business owner by Managing yourself and improving yourself, listening to to Jim Rohn, and you know now you you probably maybe you know uh, Kyle Wilson, who like ran that whole Jim Rohn organization for yeah. years and years and years. But um, I find it very instructive that and, and interesting that a lot of the successful real estate investors and entrepreneurs, you know, who I've got to know, become friends with, probably nine out of ten, if not more, of them. Have some kind of Tony Robbins, Jim Rohn, something like that type of work on yourself practice, and yeah. I, I just find that fascinating and also instructive.
1: It, it really is, you know, and, and I find it. Um, sometimes I'm at a loss, you know, when I uh, if I, if we're talking with um, you know, we have some friends that'll just they'll they'll come out and criticize. um, gurus or personal development industry and 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 uh you know they um i want to say this in a nice enough way but you know it, oftentimes that criticism comes from those who aren't um successful in their lives or careers that that other people are you know and and um, I, I can think of a few people i know uh then they're friends of mine locally and, and they'll you know we might be having a few beers and we're out with the wives for dinner and and, and, uh, I mentioned, say, I saw the Tony Robbins, I'm not your guru. movie. This might've been a year or two ago. And, you know, and they, they said oh, it's just a bunch of BS and this and this. And, and um, no, and I don't want to, I mean, I totally disagree with their, with, with what they say, because it's not BS. I mean, they may think it is. And I think there's a certain personality, um, you know, maybe it's data driven, maybe it's, you know, the engineering type that maybe, you know, but they're not all like that, but they maybe get stuck in a box and say, well, I'm just gonna make decisions based on numbers and I'm gonna make, you know, or I'm gonna follow a very linear path. You know, a lot of I have you know friends that you know they went to school, went then went to med school, then become a doctor, and then did the residency and became a surgeon or whatever it is, and, and they just follow this this path. But mm-hmm. you know, entrepreneurship doesn't necessarily follow that path. It's more of a roller coaster, you know, continually for us. And and um I, I to your point, you know, probably nine out of ten people that I would deem successful, you know, that, that not just have the, the financial part figured out, but that work life balance that, you know, they, they can take amazing vacations and they can be there for their family and they can be amazing friends and they can have like really fulfilling lives. I think that again, the vast majority subscribe to some, some sort of personal development um, prescription, you know, and it's, it's hard to follow. I mean um, there was times where we, I would journal every day and then, you know, then you put it down for three months or longer. And then there's times where, you know, you get sucked into, you know, either watching the, you know, great, you know, Tony Robbins or Jim Rohn videos or whoever, whoever, you know, your, your guru of choice would be because it's all the same fundamentals, you know, like the, the, fundamentals don't change, but it's how they frame that, that, you know, the, the story or frame that, that lesson that, that resonates with, with you as a, as a, as a listener or a student. Um, So, so, you know, it's, I struggled with that for a while. I thought I had to be doing it every day, you know, mm-hmm. 6 a.m. I got to listen to videos every day, but you know, sometimes you just want to sleep in. And that's okay too. That, <laughs> that's, it's okay to like acknowledge that, you know, you don't have to be perfect. Just, you know, progress is better than achieving achieve, trying to achieve perfection because you get bur- you can get burnt out really quickly. Like, you know, w- with certain, certain programs and certain, certain things, you'll never catch me getting up at four thirty in the morning. Again, I did it for years and for, for work. <laughs> It's not going to happen in my world.
0: That's a big one right now. Getting up at at four thirty due to a yeah. you know a lot of folks out yeah. you know in that if you can
1: do it more world. power to you and I know it I know it works for for a lot of people for sure. Um, and I'd be cranky the rest of the day.
0: You yeah, know, <laughs> I, like I, I feel like I'm the same way. I feel like that would you know ruin my life more than it would <laughs> benefit my business. Yeah. I you know I like but, the sleep.
1: But that's the power of you know like with personal development. I mean. I think there's so many different programs and um, teachers and and gurus out there that, you know, that really works for certain people. And so they need that and they need that structure. And so that's what will help propel them further. And and other people need some, something different, you know? So I think it's about exploring and finding who, who really resonate, who you really resonate with and who your mindset resonates with.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like you said, there, there are a number out there and you know, I'm, personally I'm less partial to Tony Robbins and more to Jim Rohn and a few of the others and I yeah. like Brian Tracy and just, you know, I, I don't need to really, I don't feel any, I need to explain why. I don't even know if I know why, but I found what works. So, you know, exactly. big deal. Yeah. Okay. So it's that, you know, having a, not necessarily a daily practice, but getting as, as close as you can to that constant improvement and, and yeah. Always doing better, and you don't have to be the guy getting up at four thirty a.m. to right. be successful.
1: Right. Well, yeah. you know, I because I, I interweave. You know, one of the one of the um, guys I really I really love Tim Ferriss. And, yeah, he's great. You know, and so sometimes it's like you know, I mean, a lot of personal development is cafeteria style. You know, you just pick what works for you. You know, it's like a buffet. Yeah. Um, but you know, one of the things that that. Tim Ferriss did, you know, with, with, you know, the four hour work week, tribe of mentors, tools of Titans, you know, as he boiled down those key like three or four things that somebody would do to be successful in whatever endeavor it was that they were choosing. And so in my mind, I'm like, well, what are, yeah, what are those key things that I need to do to work on my business or or to, to, you know, achieve my goals? You know, it's not all this other stuff. And then for me personally, it it, it may not be, you know, it, it's, it's getting that extra hour or two of sleep. So I'm recharged and I have that full, you know, I have that eight or nine hours of sleep. I mean, nine's kind of pushing it, but seven or eight hours of sleep a night, um, working out for a couple hours every day and doing those things is just to me is just as important as, as taking action in other areas, but that's not, you know, but that's okay. That's me. It's doesn't mean it's right for everybody. Right.
0: Yeah. I mean, for, for me personally, if I can, you know, give my own account related to that recently is as we, kind of got into the coronavirus pandemic and things started shutting down, you know, the gyms shut down. So I wasn't going to the gym anymore. I'm a big jujitsu guy and that, that shut down. So, you know, that practice of me for me, it was big stress relief and just, it helps a lot, you know, went away. And I didn't deliberately replace that initially. And that really, it gave me a hard, you know, I had a hard time with that. So to consciously replace that. And, and I think in the, entrepreneurship world, there's actually not enough focus on things like that. Like, Mm -hmm. look, science says you need to sleep a certain amount. And it's not four hours a night. It's not six hours a night. It's about eight. And uh exercise and all those things. It's important.
1: Yeah. So um Ariana Huffington uh had a great book she uh, a couple years ago called Thrive. And and that was big premise in the book was about getting enough sleep and getting that rest. And so you know, um everybody knows her as a successful entrepreneur and and she talked about how you know she was just hard charging because it was you're trading your time for money so that that concept of well, if I can just work more i'm going to outwork them and, and I'm going to achieve more financial success but you know you a lot of times when you do that, you know you end up having a, a health scare or something that breaks you down i, I you know, that happened to me and and that's a story for another day but you know i have a uh I have a heart issue that got um uh, uncovered or diagnosed a few years back oh. and, and um, you know, I'm. You know, again, I always worked out. I thought I was living a relatively healthy life. I'm, like, I'm not a pillar of health. I mean, I still. I'm having pizza and chicken wings for dinner, and might have a beer or two when we watch TV tonight. But it was that, that idea that you know you need to, you can't just be going 100 miles an hour at all times. You know, you have to, have a well balanced life. You know, and, and I think that, you know, um, for every bit of of you know the stuff that you want to follow from a teacher or or a guru. You know, you need to find that in those areas that will help you lead that well-balanced life. Because you know, you you can make a you know, hundred million dollars, but die of a heart attack at age 50. Well, then, what good is it? You know, um, and and you know, the thing is, or or do that, and you know, just never have a um, never have a, a satisfying you know relationship, or or you know, be, could be estranged from your kids or whatever whatever the case is. So, I think being well balanced is just as important, or if not, probably more. It's probably the most important part. Of being an entrepreneur, because you, you know you you need to be coming from a place of of inner peace, you know, and not to get too frou frou, you know, but but you know, meditation and it could be any style of meditation. I mean, it's not for some people, like you said, you're you know you practice jujitsu. Well, maybe that's your meditation. Maybe the gym is meditation for some people. But you know, sometimes just being able to sit and clear your thoughts for 15 minutes a day, you know, and there's no right or wrong way to meditate. But you know, and there's so much science behind that and the health benefits of it. And I think, you know, in times like this, when it's everything's going crazy and there's that uncertainty in the world, you know, you can bring that inner peace back into yourself and realize that, you know, you can control what you can control and you can let a lot of the other variables kind of, you know, wash, wash away. Um, Like that's probably the most important thing that for entrepreneurs like myself, it's not for everybody. Um, although I, I think it should be, but I think <laughs> yeah. I, I really would say, say that there, there's not a downside to it. You know, it doesn't, doesn't cost anything and, and the, 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 the mental, physical, financial benefits of, of having a, a centered and well-balanced approach to life is, is, um, you know, it, it's paramount to everything.
0: Yeah, it's important. So if I can do a, a hard gear shift here and, and yeah. get some historical lessons from you you know you're somebody you saw uh, the the great recession in 2008 happen and yeah. we're sitting here in april of 2020 depending on who you ask there's a lot of uncertainty there's always uncertainty but there's a lot yeah. of uncertainty now um we might be looking at you know the biggest recession since the uh, great depression yeah and what are your thoughts about that from from what you see especially in light of Kind of seeing rumblings happening before the Great Recession happened, you know. If you did, I don't know. But yeah. what do you think? Well,
1: I, I mean, there, there's 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 so many avenues we, we can talk about with this, but I, I think that, um, you know, one, on one hand, you know, d- depressions and recessions create, you know, more millionaires, right? And, that, and that's one yeah. lesson, you know, one clue that happens every time there's economic disruption. So there, there's, of course there's blood and panic in the streets and um, that, that creates opportunity, um, which the opportunity should always be addressed ethically and honorably, you know, you never want to take advantage of, of a negative situation. But I think that, you know, knowing that, um, that there's going to be opportunity, how, how do I, as an entrepreneur, um, position myself to take advantage of, of opportunity that may come my way because of, uh, because of that disruption. Um, so you know what we did a few years ago, um, we refinanced all of our properties. Didn't pull any cash out, although I would have liked to. I mean, I always have a you know way to spend the money, but in my mind, I thought the the discipline that I was taught was that, you know, it's in real estate nothing beats cash flow. So in the portfolio we had at the time, I was able to reduce my monthly payments by close to twenty thousand dollars a month. Wow! And if I didn't do that, I mean, I I might already be out leasing my own apartments and mowing my own lawns. But what that did, I mean, we already had a business that cash flow. but what that did is that allowed me to take more money into my own pocket, maybe create some cash reserves, um, hire better talent, you know, do all these things that we want to do in our business, but it prepares you for a lean time. You know, it, it's a lesson, you know, you don't want to over leverage and always bet the farm because at some time you might run of out of equity. And so, um, you know and, and i think if somebody's in that case it's okay to make mistakes i mean it's like how do you pivot and, and learn those lessons so i think you know if you if you get over leverage well can you can you make it through you know the next three months well if you don't know the answer to that can you make it through the next month can you make it through the next week and 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 you know control what you can control so for someone that self-manages you know um you know is your landscaping contract super expensive well you know you might have to go out and mow your own lawns you know do you um, yeah, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, there's, there's not you no know, one size fits fits all approach to this, but you know, you have to be willing to take control and, and own whatever, you know, be humble in the success, but own whatever problems come your way. Uh, a friend of mine put up a, a quote today on Facebook. He said, um, uh, well, can, I, can I curse on this or, or not? I'll, sure. I'll just clean." Okay. But he said, <laughs> you know, there's two types of people in the world. You know, if, if, if you know, they're standing in a pile of shit, somebody's going to be complaining there's the one person that's going to complain and then there's the person that's going to be looking for the horse. Right. So you want to be that person <laughs> that's looking for the horse. We're all standing in a pile of crap right now. So mm-hmm. are you going to complain or are you going to look for that opportunity? Right. And, and so I think that again, it, it, it's, it, this is all about, you know, keeping a positive mindset. Um, you know, again, there, could, there could be a lot of disruption. Um, but again, I think, you know, I, I've maybe I'm just you know, look, I'm, I'm, I'm you know, I'm not a scientist. I'm not, I'm not a statistician. I'm not an economist. I mean, I just, you know, I go on, uh, I read everything that comes out. I, I pay attention to, uh, to economics, but I, I still, I ask people, I said, well, tell me how, if I finance my properties, right. And, and I, we create a, you know, created great situation for our, our tenants. How, how is this a risky investment? So even in the middle of a pandemic, I mean, we're not, you know, fortunately we don't have much disruption, but even if we did, you know, what's our break even threshold? You know, if we were 60% occupied or 70% occupied and we can still break even great. You know, the fact that we, if we've raised four, five, six, eight months of reserves for emergencies, well guess what? We're in emergency right now. You may not even have to use those reserves, but I think that, you know, you have to take a, if you're going to spend all that time in underwriting deals and spend all that time raising money, Spend all of that that you know that that kind of mental fatigue dealing with you know dealing with the lenders and putting all the reports together, um, you know, make sure you're positioned to weather as best as best you can a downturn. And, and you know, it, it, there's a lot of cool programs out there right now with the CARES Act. I mean, the, the the Payroll Protection Program has forgivable you know forgivable money. I mean, we'll say it's free money, but there's a lot of things there, a lot of societal guardrails that that people can, can utilize to, to come out of this even stronger.
0: I think it's very instructive. Uh, what you said when I first asked the question about, you know, more millionaires being made in these tough times, then, you know, that was your first response to the question is, you know, where's the, where's the horse to go back to the, you know, the analogy that you gave. So, you know, I think that's a, a good insight in that you're not initially looking for the negative, you'll get to the, the negative part. And then how do we yeah. abate that? But the first yeah. thing is what's the positive, you know, focusing on that. So I think that is, and that in itself positive, is very instructive.
1: Yeah. And another positive in all of this, I mean, um, you know, again, like for, for whether you're single, you know, or married kids, whatever the case is, you know, you have time to be in solitude and, and, um, you know, for, for me, you know, we're, we're social, you know, so we, we've jumped, jumped on our zoom calls, several nights a week with friends and having, having these happy hours. So it's great to stay connected and probably more so, um, with, with friends that, that, uh, like, like I had college friends that we'd see each other once a year. Now we've been on zoom calls every Friday night for the last wow. month. It's, it's fantastic, you know, and you, so one hand it bring, you know, should bring you back and to appreciate what maybe you have taken for granted in the past. Um, but even with our kids, you know, at home, I mean, we've been able to play board games and, and, you know, so our favorite course is Monopoly, but you can sit there and play board games a couple nights a week, watch movies, you know, eat dinner as a family together when we're not running around like crazy. And, and um, you know, my fear is that we come out of this and and maybe forget that, you know, what well, we had a really, some really cool opportunity while we're all shut down. Yeah. There's this, all this uncertainty and there's a lot of people suffering and it's, there is some really bad negative things I mean, People are dying, you know, physically and, 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 you know, from a business standpoint, but, but at the same time you know there there's a bright side to everything and and uh, uh, I think that you know for us I mean being able to be home with our kids um, you know we we um, working out at home you know it's a lot of virtual workouts and you know, running around the neighborhood or whatever it is but you know being able to do things differently and, and just trying to to trying to appreciate that and and when we come out of this maybe have a you know a little bit more empathy for for our fellow man and and um, you know maybe just try to have a greater connection you know with, with other people because sometimes you just you know, um, and that always lasts, you know, post, post crisis, you know, that, that happened after the great recession happened after nine eleven. there was this unity and people were, were friendly. But I think that, you know, um, as a world, you kind of, you know, we, we need that, you know, you need, need to be able to reconnect and have that ability to like smile at your neighbor and not just like, you know, hide your head when you're walking by, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So, so try to use, use, you know, every bit of this downtime as a lesson and, and time to recharge and, appreciate the things that, that maybe took for granted before this.
0: Wow. I love that. And, you know, it's been great getting some insight into the two aspects of self-management in real estate investing. I love that as a topic, Jason, if folks want to learn more about you and your investments and syndication business and all of that, where can they get in touch with you?
1: Uh, they can get a, uh, they can go on my website. It's peril real um, If anybody wants to schedule a strategy call, Always happy to take 15 or 20 minutes and um, link up with anybody, whether they're a brand new investor or um, you know somebody somebody that's been in the business long term. I don't don't have anything to sell, just it's always good to hop on and, and just kind of get to network and meet people. So I can go on calendly.com forward slash Jason Perro and connect with me there and you know hit me up on Facebook and LinkedIn and all the all the usual places.
0: Awesome. I talked to so many real estate new real estate investors or you know, not technically real estate investors. Yeah, but they want to get in. And they yeah. say, you know, what do I need to do? Who do I need to talk to? And yeah. there's a great one. And yeah. and a lot of people, shockingly, will not accept that offer right. of, you know, a quick conversation. And that can put you so far ahead talking to yeah. somebody who's experienced, you know. I wish I
1: would have had that opportunity early on. I mean, we, you know, it sounds so, you know, it wasn't that long ago, you know, 20 years. But, um, you know, I mean, the internet was still, you know, I mean, we still had flip phones, you know, 20 years, yeah. you know, and, and pay phones, you know, nobody knows what that is anymore. But it's, uh, you know, now with social networking, I mean, you know, you can hop on the phone with somebody from halfway across the country, to, you know, and, and network that way. It's just, it's a beautiful thing. So, um, yeah, I mean, anybody feel free to hit me up. I'm, I'm more than happy to take time with, you know, new or experienced investors. Great.
0: I love it. Well, thanks for joining us once again. For everybody out there, thank you for tuning in. If you're enjoying the show, please leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It's a very big help. If you know anyone else who could use a little bit more passive wealth in their lives, please share the show with them and bring them into the tribe. Thank you for tuning in once again. I hope you have a great rest of your day and a great week, and we'll talk to you on the next episode. Bye-bye.